Hi there, and welcome to another episode of More Than Beauty with Daniel Mason Jones. In today's podcast, I'm going to be bringing on a dear friend of mine, someone that I absolutely treasure and admire in our industry. She's leading the way, changing everything around her, and really, quite honestly, a trailblazer. So, welcome, Lori. Hey there, Daniel. I'm so glad to be on your podcast. This is so great. Um, for me too. I'm so happy to finally steal you away. You're so busy. You have so many things going on right now with education, your salon, leadership. I'm I'm thrilled that I got an hour of your time today. Well, it's my pleasure to be here with you because you're one of my favorite people in the whole world, as I've told you before. And I'm just so glad to be here. So thanks for inviting me. Thank you. It's truly an honor. So today I, I wanted to bring you on because we're at such a we're in such a vulnerable time for our industry, not even just our industry, just, you know, with life in general. People are having all sorts of feelings. Salons and spas are closing all over the United States. And it's quite sad. I think. Oh, so sad. Yeah. Like statistics are over 30 percent now salons and spas. And now a lot of states are facing their second closures. Um, and it's scary. It's a scary time. I know you yourself had coronavirus a while back, and that was really hard and scary for you. Um, but I want to talk about one of the things that I admire so much about you is your power and tenacity to overcome. You know, you've had some setbacks in your life. You're one of the most positive people I've met. And um, the setbacks, they really were just like giant leaping stones for you, I, I feel like. So I want the uh, audience here to get to know who you are and what you're about. So if you don't mind, just kind of give us a quick overview and let them know about your salon, where you are in, in Florida. Yeah, great. So um, my, and my name is Lori Funance, and I am a salon owner and a stylist at Charmaine Salon and Day Spa in Clearwater Beach. We've actually been there for over 25 years, and I've been a partner there for about 18 years now. So it's definitely where my roots are and where I've been able to grow from. And it's been a wild time, let me tell you. Having a salon in Florida is an adventure between <laughs> hurricanes and we had the Gulf oil spill a few months or a few years ago. And, you know, there's there's always something just like any salon, but I feel like a salon in Florida has a little extra added stuff too. So, um, but oh, I'm very really? fortunate to be surrounded by good people in my company. And um, we have a great, we have a great situation where we are and it's just been um, a wild ride. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I think so many of the stylists that are listening to you right now are probably thinking, absolutely. Uh, especially if they are in Florida, you know, when I think about the hurricanes and this year, my gosh, it's like every time you turn on the news, there's another hurricane or tropical storm coming through. So you're always like having a like, as I joke in the South, I'm like, clutch your pearls, Betty. Here they come again. <laughs> <laughs> we clutch our seashells and we hang on to our boats for the ride. And, exactly. you know, I feel so bad for the salon, in, you know, all of our salon friends in Louisiana because it's just been yeah. terrible on them, right? So as lucky as I feel, I, I honestly genuinely feel terrible for the salons that it has affected and the businesses up there because yeah. they had like five of them. But the goal you know, has really been hit hard. Yes. And our Tampa Bay area has been so lucky. So, you know, knocking on wood. So exactly. You know, we had a home in Florida. I, I said it, go. I let it go back in July. I think it was June or July. I sold it. I was like, I can't deal with this. Like with, with just owning a business, coronavirus, all I was like, you know what? I'm a strong guy, but if you can alleviate a little bit of the pain, let's do that. Luckily it's an amazing time to let go of real estate. So that was not a bad thing. Nice. Yeah. I want to I want to introduce you to everybody. So you and I we had the pleasure of meeting each other a couple of years ago um, in Florida at a, at a hair show, nonetheless. And um, little did I know that when you and I met each other that we were going to become friends. Now, 
um, you know, we've had a chance to work together. I requested that you come help me in one of my classes. And I got to see how absolutely, like, I knew you were impeccable in your word and how you dress and just how you carry yourself as a professional. But being able to work with you that day blew my mind. You're so detail oriented. Your work ethic is just amazing. So what, how did you get started? Like, tell, tell us who you are and why you're so passionate about what it is that you do. You know, I have um, a couple of cool stories about that, but I started beauty school when I was 16 years old in high school. And I started working at my first salon when I was 17. And that was a long, super long time ago, like more than 30 years now. So I will just tell you, it was, um, it was the beginning of my real life. And I was going to do hair as a backup to um, whatever it was I decided I was going to do to make a living. So I went to hair school. And when I was 17, I graduated high school. I had my cosmetology license from there too. And I told my parents, I'm moving to London because there's no advanced training in America. So I will skip college and save you the money, but you need to pay for me to go to England to go to Tony and Guy Advanced Haircutting Academy and L'Oreal Hair Color School. So I moved to England by myself when I was 17. My parent, my mom was amazing. I have the, the most amazing mom ever. And she said, okay, here's your budget. And she's said, okay, you just have to live with my friend. And I went to live with my mom's friend and I went to school for two years. I lived in the UK off and on. And I went to some of the greatest schools and had the best experiences of my life. And that was my introduction into the real hair business in the hair world. That is amazing. I had no idea. Talk about fancy. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> it was so cool. I know I only had a thousand dollars a month to live on. That was including my um, transportation, my rent, my school, and all of my expenses. So I learned to live on, you know, frosted flakes and to do without <laughs> and figure out how to borrow money and pay it back and budget my money. So it was probably the best thing my mom could ever let me do when I was 17 years old. <laughs> what an incredible experience, you know, and, and I can't even imagine having gone to London a couple of times. I can't imagine living there, not knowing really anyone. Um, that's yeah. and it, Well, I came back after um, two years because my visa had run out and right. I didn't meet anybody wonderful enough to marry. So <laughs> I had to leave the country. They kicked me out and back to Florida, I came. I wasn't going to stay in this area because I figured there was other more fashionable cities for me. Well, yeah. I ended up staying and getting a job and eventually I discovered, okay, someone has to bring it to the area. Mm. Someone can bring it here. So my hair roots started planting here and that's when I started. Um, originally I worked for Redken way back in the day when Shades EQ gloss was launched. 30 years ago. And that was for a short time, but I started working in salons and I, the salon that I worked at for eight years was an amazing place where my owner was a cutter and I was the only colorist. And I learned the biggest lesson of my hair career there after a horrible experience that I had with a client. So oh that changed the trajectory of my life. Isn't it funny when you have those moments that you feel like, how can I overcome this moment or this obstacle? Should I throw my shears or my color brush in the trash and run away? Um, it's funny how those moments, if you're strong enough, can really catapult you into something bigger and like your bigger calling. I think that's definitely amazing. Um, so would you say that like the hair industry has just always been in your blood? You know, I had to really dig in and find well, what was in my blood? Because I wasn't sure. I didn't have a lot of direction until I went to England. After I came back from England, I then, I took on everything I could. After this major trajectory, life-changing experience with a client in my first salon that I worked at, 
I decided to take up every piece of education that I could possibly get my hands on in this area, which back then at the time, there wasn't a lot. So then I really absorbed everything that I saw. And I discovered Michael Cole in the original boot camp way back in the beginning of his <laughs> days. And this was before everything that he's doing now. I yeah. discovered some amazing hairstylists and I linked up with the right people, thank goodness, that mentored me and helped me kind of navigate the waters through yeah. the beginning of my career to greater success. So I have to know, I have to, this curiosity is killing me here. So what happened? What, what happened in this moment that made you have to push to where you are? So I'll tell you the story in the short form. And I want you to understand this story was a drastic emotional change for me. And what happened was the guest that came in, her name was Frances. And she came in and I used to put 09V, all of her hair shades, EQ gloss. And she thought I was a miracle worker. <laughs> She'd never seen anything like it. She'd fly in from Texas. She was this very classy girl from Mexico. And she loved the way I toned her hair. No one in Mexico could do it for her or Texas. She came in one night at the end of my Saturday. It was six o'clock. I had been there all day and I hadn't eaten. And it was one of those days, very, very busy day. And she ran in with her fancy bag and all of her stuff. And she said, please, can you just put that thing on my hair that you do? I said, I can't, I'm just so tired. I can't do it tonight. I'm sorry. It'll have to be another day. And she begged. And then I, of course I thought about my rents due and I got to make my car payment and okay, Francis, no problem. Let's go in the back. So we go in the back where the color area was. And I was the only colorist, as I said before, my uh, consultant always told me when Shades EQ launched to line up all of my color and how to set my dispensary up. But I didn't listen to the people who were talking to me. I did it my own way. And I thought I'm going to do it this way. So I always did it the way I wanted. Very, very super stubborn. Well, that day I put the 09V on Francis's hair, did it all over the top because she had long highlights, went back, the color ran out. I mixed up some more, went back, put it on the bottom. And I left her there while I finished my blowout. Oh, no. Back to her. In 15, 20 minutes, we went to the shampoo bowl and I went to shampoo her hair and the ends of her hair were almost black. <gasps> now, Francis had brown hair with very blonde highlights and loved the contrast. You can't imagine what happens physically unless you've had it happen to you. Sheer like literally <laughs> the sweat and the, like I was sure I was going to vomit because I'm certainly I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. This. Well, what's the first thing a hairstylist does if they see something that's too dark? What do they grab? Lightener. Right. So I mix up some lightener, took it over to the bowl after I saw it wasn't coming out after four shampoos. Oh. And I put the lightener on her ends because I didn't know what else to do. Well, now the brown is lightening and the dark purpley black stuff or whatever it was. And it just turned into a mess. She got up out of the bowl, ran over to the mirror and said, what are, what have you done to my hair? <laughs> and I just said, I don't know. I I'm so sorry. I'll pay to fix it. Whatever. Are, are you pregnant? Have you done something? Are you on your thyroid off? <laughs> and I'm trying to figure out what the heck happened to her hair. Right. And I don't know. And I certainly don't know how to fix it. She screamed at me so loudly and so badly <laughs> and left that day. I signed, I wrote my resignation that night and I sat at the front desk and cried for three hours. And I oh. sat there and cried till 11. I quit my job and I went home and went into bed for three days. I didn't get out of bed. Oh my God. Because it is, we take our job so seriously. I stay, I will wake up at three in the morning and think about that formula that I used yesterday. Well, was it quite, should I have tweaked it a little more? And maybe I could have added this to the toner. Maybe, maybe you're like that, Daniel. I don't know. But yes. if 
if you're like that, then you understand the pain that happens. If you, if you screw up, this was my, my biggest and pretty much only screw up ever. And it was, it was literally the you made up for all lost time. <laughs> I did. And, and that was early on in my career, but I will tell you, my owner came and knocked on the door, talked to me back went back to work, but I made a vow to myself that I would find every educational class that I could after that. But here's the thing. I'm going to tell you a story because this ends well. Frances left. I didn't see her again for three years. And I avoided every place that I knew she visited, every shoe store, every restaurant, everything. <laughs> she came back, walked in the front door of the salon three years later, walked right up to me and said, can you do my hair? Mm. And I literally it was like seeing your ex out. And yeah. it, the feeling was the physical reaction was so real. And I said, are you sure you want me to do your hair? And she said, yes. She had a little scarf on her hair and she had her little purse. And I said, okay, wait over there. Well, make a long story short. When I took her scarf off of her hair, she had stitches all in through here. And all of her hair was this long, short in the front. And all the back was rooted and um, highlights at the bottom. I said, what happened to your hair? She said, I was in a tragic car wreck three months ago and I had my head went through the window and they told me that I had brain surgery. Oh, Francis had total complete amnesia of her entire life before that car accident that day. What? And the only <laughs> thing she remembered when she came back to our town, cause she was going through rehab and yeah. you know, that sort of thing. She remembered that I did her hair. That is unbelievable. So I, I would hate for any of our customers or employees to get amnesia through a car crash, but sometimes wouldn't it be nice? Swear <laughs> to God, true story. I still was friends with Frances after that. I fixed her up. I, she later came into me about a year after that. She said, Lori, my friend told me that we had a problem once. And I said, yes, Frances, we had a problem once. I said, but it's okay now. And yeah. she said, yeah, it's fine. You know, and we went on and she rehabilitated and her uh, injuries went away anyway. And it was all good. But I will tell you, it was a life-changing experience and taught me when I figured out what happened. Can I tell you what happened? What's that? I put all my colors in letter. Uh, uh, all the V's were in one area while the N's were in one area, all the G's. Now yes. I had advice told me not to do that. They said, put it in numbers mm -hmm. one to 10. Well, I didn't do that. So when I mixed up her 09 V, I grabbed the 09 V, but when I ran out and I went to mix more and I was tired, it was the end of the day. Yes. I picked up 03 B. Oh, wow. And that's what I put on the bottom. Of my is different. Yeah. That's, that's kind of big. <laughs> so oh. for me, it taught me that there are people out there that can give me advice that know better than me. And I had to really tame down my stubbornness. So you know, and I think I love that you shared this because, you know, all of us colorists, cutters, we've all had situations we've cut hair too short or you, we cut curly hair and then blew it dry. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't add that additional inch or you overtoned or we've all done this before. And it's how we bounce back from it. You know, I, you were young, obviously then to do <laughs> sure like resign. Uh, we all make those mistakes, but what you're saying here in essence is life is going to throw, it's going to throw some curveballs even now in leadership, running our companies, doing everything that we do. And it's how we deal with it. And, you know, you've heard the quote a million times, life is 10% of what happens to us and 90% of how we react to it. So I think it's really wonderful that you're kind of opening this conversation now into something even much bigger. 
um, being, being able to navigate where you are. And look, there are sometimes where you had a discovery. And one of the questions I had prepared to ask you was in all of the setbacks that you've had in life, would you say that most of them have come through discovery or is Lori Fudens, is she just like such an intelligent woman that you kind of carve out your path? No, here's the thing. Like there are events that change our lives, right? And I've been through uh, events that have changed my life. I have a disability uh, brother who's disabled that I take care of. And I don't talk a lot about that because unless you've lived with someone who has a disability or you have been around that, it it can be very challenging. So having someone in your family with a disability is, uh, it presents challenges you can't imagine. And then um, that was most of my life because my brother was hit by a car when he was five years old when we were Mm. children. So I've lived a life with lots of um, changes and that sort of thing, right? right? That has definitely made a difference in my life. And more than that, it's each thing that's happened since then. You know, my mom died of lung cancer 20 years ago, uh, last month. And that also was a life-changing moment. And again, unless you've been through something like that, you wouldn't understand how life-changing it can be. But you have to find the good. So what happens is I find the good in something and the learning, mm-hmm. not that the grief isn't still there and the upset as it always is, but you have to take the good and the positive from it and then use that to go down your own path. And then when another rock hits you or another boulder rolls towards you, it's like you that to pivot, you know, there's mm-hmm. boulders thrown at us all year long, no matter who you are. I don't care who you are or how you pretend to be like yeah. everyone has boulders rolling out in that road in front of them all the time. Yes. It, it's so funny. You, you hear, because I do so much social media coaching. So I hear people say, well, all they ever put on their social media is that their life is great. I'm like, and that's fair. Like we do see only the, the roses out there. And, um, but then in, in retrospect, if people put negativity on their pages all the time, we would block them, mute them or put them to sleep, (laughs) you know, whatever we need to do there. So um, there are things happening to and for us all the time. And it is exactly what you said. It's how you pivot. You know, you and I both are educators. We both work for sister brands. I'm with L'Oreal Professional. You're with Redken. We, we can't teach. I mean, we, we Zoom call all the time, but um, we're not traveling, teaching, doing all the things that we used to do. So it's like, that's revenue, right? Our salons have been hit by revenue. Our chairs have been hit our travel, our education. So, you know, I know you and I have talked about some things. You've got something really amazing. I can't wait to bring on part two and share with everybody, but um, you got something really cool that's going to help change the industry. And what I love about it, Lori, is that it's so unique and different. No one is doing it. So I, I'm so thrilled to bring you back for that conversation. Um, Me too. But we have to, uh, we have to figure out how to pivot and readjust where we are in life as leaders and just kind of figure it out because otherwise we're going to be left behind. So moving on here, let me ask you, what is the biggest challenge that you have going on in your life right now? Business, personal? You know, um, I have, I have a lot that I take on in life and business, right? Yes. So I did a, um, a little IGTV the other day of the three things that I do when I get frustrated or if I get mm. mad about something that I can't do, right? So for example, the other day I was in an exercise class, a Pilates class, and this teacher 
was having us do something. My mind was like, there is no way I can do this. And this is too hard. And uh -uh, I'm going to, I'm going to give up or I'm just going to walk out. Right. Mm -hmm. But really I had to break it down and I asked my, what are three things that I do when my mind does that to me? Because we all have the little voice. Okay. We've heard about the little voice. We know this and whether it's a hair color technique or a perfect way you're learning to balayage and you're not quite getting it or whatever it is, three things I did was number one, I take a big, huge, deep breath because honestly, that's one thing that makes a difference. And I don't care what you believe, who you believe or worry about to, it does not matter. Number two, if it really is a frustrating thing for me, I'll stop what I'm doing and find someone that I can help in any way, any way, shape or form. What that does is it diffuses all of that stuff that brings Mm. out in us, right? But the third thing I do, and number three, and this is what I put on my Instagram the other day, I think a couple of days ago, I have to go back and remember why I started in the first place. Mm. That's good. Once I remember why I started, the frustration will go away. So whether it's in exercising or in a class or doing a new technique or building something new that's never been done before. Like for me, I've had to overcome a lot of technical challenges and it's really frustrating because I'm not a technical techie person. <laughs> but you're that, doing so great. <laughs> you know, and I'm trying and I'm getting good advice, thank goodness. But the biggest thing is I surround myself with people who do know what they're doing. So I get help and I help them back. So anyway, that's what I do. And things don't go great all the time and they're not always smooth. And I constantly challenging myself to be a better person and try to overcome my my things you know as we all do sometimes it is so great what you're saying and I just feel like you and I together is it's just kind of comical I you know I had worked together a little bit and then you and I also speaking of technological challenges uh, learning how to facilitate and being an even better facilitator through technology versus yeah, the Zoom facilitating. And, it was a whole thing, wasn't it? Like it learning was. how to use all and the to camera have and lighting. And- yeah. And to end up in the same classroom as you on the same two days, which is such one, one more of those signs like, okay, this lady's supposed to be in my path. Um, so that made me happy. But I want to tell you something that happened last week. So on my last episode, I did a, our, yeah, it was about loneliness and people that are feeling isolated because the world we live in, you know, I was saying in the last episode, we, we learn online now, we worship online now, we shop online. Black Friday was basically non-existent in any of the stores this year. And so last week I was telling the story briefly on the podcast, it was on Monday and I was talking about a lady that I had seen. She's in her yard. She's elderly. And she's absolutely the cutest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And so we, we would drive by and see her throughout the summer. She always has a caretaker with her. And she looked to be in her like mid to late 80s, maybe even 90. And so I was talking about her on that podcast. Well, the podcast actually prompted me to do something bigger. So I finished the, uh, the podcast. I went to work. We were doing an extension class on Tuesday last week. I was there until about one or two o'clock in the afternoon. And I couldn't, I couldn't stop thinking about this lady. And I was like, she's lonely. I'm sure she is. I see a caretaker there. I never see family there. And I was like, how does she feel not being able to really do anything, knowing that a lot of her, her people aren't around her anymore? So I left the salon. And there have been multiple times that I've seen her out in her yard. She's always wearing pink. So I was like, you know what? It's not going to take anything out of my day. I drove to the grocery store. I picked up a dozen pink roses. I picked up a card that's basically saying you're special or something. Oh my gosh. 
And I wrote because on Sunday she was outside in her yard and she was doing this beautiful wave. She was waving at every passerby. And I was like, here's this lady sharing kindness with the world that she doesn't even know. And so I went to her house. I took the flowers. I was nervous. I was like, I'm pulling up to a stranger's house um, in the middle of a pandemic. And um, so the caretaker come to the door, long story, but eventually the elderly lady comes to the door and she's absolutely stunning. And she says, oh my, I just love you for this. And I was like, that's sweet of you. I said, I just wanted you to know that on Sunday you made my day and today I hope to make yours in return. And so she says, can I hug you? And I went on to say, I'm so sorry. I wish we could hug each other, but because of the virus, that's not a good idea. And so I backed away from her and went to go get in my car and she couldn't get her walker over, over the step. And so she's got her arm hanging out of her house and she's doing that wave again. <laughs> and I drove out of her driveway feeling like I had conquered the world. And it wasn't because what I had done, it was oh, that I was able God. to do it and how she had touched my, like my soul. Mm-hmm. And so to your point, you know, by giving to our teams, by growing stylists, by growing the people that we get to educate you do kind of get out of there. So we do have to stop and take a breath to your point on point one, take a breath and just do something for somebody else because life is crazy. So I love that you're sharing these, these moments. And as I'm looking at the wall behind you, it says live, laugh, love. And that's, those are three words that I would describe you besides being fabulous. I remember how kind you were when I came to Florida. Um, we had all gone out to dinner that night after the class and you so graciously were like, I'll take you back to your hotel. And I remember I'm a car guy. So I remember getting into your cool Tesla. I was like, it's my first time really riding in a Tesla. I was like, go Lori, go. <laughs> but your, um, your kindness of even just willingly offering to take me back to the hotel and you know, that you're just an amazing person. Well, thanks. It's, it's, you know, you are too. And I think that, you know, we, we've been through a lot, you know, all of us have the hairstylist this year and you as a salon owner, a lot of salon owners, but, you know, let me just tell you um, one last thing about my own personal philosophy that I'd like to share with people who listen to your amazing podcast is I hear so many people right now saying, I can't wait till the end of the year. I can't wait till new year's Eve is over. I want to get into January. I'm glad it's flying by, but let me just tell you what, like life is happening right now yes. while we're living it. And we need to enjoy each day as it is happening because this is life. This is what's happening now. And we can take the positive and the good and we can make changes and we can do the right things and do good things for other people and ourselves. Like don't feel bad about rewarding yourself right now. Don't wait till next year. Exactly. And I mean, you know, don't go out and get loans for cars you can't afford, you know, work hard for it, but you're responsible, you're responsible. But the point is this, like life is happening now. Don't wish away all these days that are coming up. You know, we still have time to do great things at the end of this year, even though it's short, I get that, but don't wish it away. Cause it's happening right now. And you have 32 days left. You can be effective for yourself and other people. Like don't just wish the rest of the month away and wait for a vaccine, you know? Yeah. Start doing something proactive and take action. That's my whole premise to living life is taking action, taking massive action and actually doing like yeah. it's about activity and doing. It's not about watching, thinking or sitting on the sidelines for me. 
Get in action. Exactly. I love that. So let me ask a little fun trivia. Lori Fudens, the the lady that I know that is so cool and immaculate with everything. So if you had five minutes inside your salon, just out of curiosity, you had five minutes to clean. What are you going to run to clean first? Your, Your color brushes, your tray or your station and why? Oh my gosh. Definitely my station. <laughs> definitely my state. You know, I, and, and we clean and we do all this stuff, but oh my gosh, we, we also double book. I have an associate, an amazing yeah. associate. She just went through my training in fast record time. I'm so proud of her. She gets to graduate and go on the floor soon. And I have a new one coming in, but she and I do amazing fast. You know, we work quick. We yeah. have a lot of clients every day. And man, my station, sometimes I look at, I'm like, oh my gosh. And it's embarrassing. So I (laughs) I definitely have to stay on top of my station and we have our cleaning bins and we have our, all of that, but my station would be first, you know, there's hair and you know, all that stuff. It's a constant thing. (laughs) Lori, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your day to hang out with all of us and just sharing your knowledge and who you are. Um, I love everything that you stand for and that you do in our industry. And I cannot wait to have you back for part two to share what you're going to be doing to help really elevate our industry to the next level. So thank you so much to all of you that have listened today. Thank you very much. We can't wait to hang out with you on the next episode. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to leave a review, a rating. And if you really enjoyed it, feel free to tag Lori and I in your post to let us know that you listened to this. I'm going to be linking Lori's information in the bio below. And until next time, take care of yourself and stay healthy. Thanks a million. Daniel, you're incredible. Thank Thanks you. for doing that.